Oh, this will be us tonight making up a little dance routine at the sleepover. Oh, we could slide around in our socks on the polished floor. Oh, and then we could just do that thing where you just wear nothing but one sock. Just pop it over your bits. Oh, no, too much. Oh. <laughs> Hello. Hello, you're listening to Track by Track with me, Dan. And me, Will. This is the podcast where we take a great pop music album and break it down track by track. And we really are two suckers who like to get stuck into a long player. And on the turntable this week, we've got Sucker by Charlie XCX. It is Charlie's week. And Dan, why is it Charlie's week this week? Well, because two days ago on the 2nd of August, it was Charlie's birthday. Uh, she turned, and I'm sure she wouldn't mind us saying, she turned 28 uh, so this is our belated birthday gift. Happy birthday, Charlie. Oh, happy birthday. Have a good one, whatever you're up to. I expect you'll be out partying in LA. Yes, um, probably with some social distancing happening still, depending on what's happening at the time of release. And probably with some very high-profile friends. Maybe uh, maybe Iggy, maybe Taylor. Iggy Pop. Maybe Ariana, maybe Courtney. Uh, Sean and Camilla. Maybe Sean and Camilla as well. Uh, maybe Charles and Camilla. Yes. Maybe Harry and Meghan. More likely. Uh, maybe uh, Cheryl Ferguson, a.k.a. Heather Trot from EastEnders. Oh, no, that's the kind of party I'd like to go to. <laughs> Her and Julie Goodyear at each other's throats. <laughs> uh, so we are talking about Charlie XCX for the first time on Track by Track today. Uh, because it's her birthday, but also because uh, she's a great now superstar in the pop world. She, uh, so Charlotte Emma Aitchison, uh, was born in 1992, English singer, songwriter, producer, uh, musical director, record label, uh, boss and producer, an all-round amazing pop star now. She came from very humble beginnings in the UK, MySpace, uh, party on the party scene on the rave scene uh and was a uh, jobbing singer songwriter for a long time before she got into the big time which she very much is now uh and she wrote a lot for other people actually previously yeah and i'm sure we've mentioned her a few times on the podcast before the one that really stands out to me is the track gravity from blondie's pollinator which i think we both agreed is one of our highlights of the album um and it and Charlie wrote that and she also wrote a track called Tonight which wasn't on the album but was released around the same time as an exclusive vinyl single I think. Um, So for me just the fact that again from humble beginnings to just a few years in writing a song for Blondie that's got to be a huge tick off the list. She also wrote Senorita for Justin Timberlake. uh, No a hot pop couple if you believe it Shawn Mendes and Camila Cabello the gorgeous Shawn Mendes. And Camilla. And Camilla uh, was al- is also there. Uh, we've been in the same room as Sean. Yes, we have. Quite a large room, we should say. Not in a, a snug in a pub. Or a single bedroom. No. But of course, that's not the only celebration, is it? It's not just uh, a big celebration because of Charlie's birthday. There's another reason why we have got the party poppers on standby. Yeah, we are back together. This is the first time in... A months actually that mm. we've recorded an episode together so we are here back at track by track hq today uh still a fair distance apart that's got nothing to do with social distancing just 
how I like it, actually. Well, likewise. And I hope you don't mind me putting that sneeze guard between us. It's just for precaution. Uh, no, and I'm wearing this big, it's more of a uh, welding visor uh, and boiler suit. That's more uh, fashion trends than anything, actually. Uh, you almost look like a beekeeper with what you're wearing. Well, I was just sorting out my, uh, my ladies before. Uh, your hive? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, we are going to be talking about Sucker today, which is the second album by Charlie. Uh, and this was released in December 2014. A uh, very well-received album at the time. It's a wonderful collection of tracks. And it's one of those weeks, Dan, that you love because there's lots of different collaborators in there. Also, I'm sure we'll reference some of Charlie's work with other artists as well. And a whole lot more. Yep, all to come. It's all the fun of the fair. It's your weekly track by track. So let's get stuck into a little bit of Charlie and side one, track one, title track, Sucker. So, track one, title track there, Sucker. Uh, Two words for you, Will. Potty mouth. Well, indeed. And this is the sort of attitude-filled power pop that we really love on this podcast, but also that it was the signature of of Carly, Carly XCX? (laughs) No. Of Charlie's uh, earlier formative years, um, before things were a little bit more slick, glossy, uh rave pop r&b pop this is probably my favorite type of charlie my favorite favorite flavor just this attitude and that kind of you oh i hope the beat machine's working yeah i just it's just been in for servicing oh i hope it doesn't malfunction if i say (laughs) or something like that it doesn't or um uh, she's clearly a bit pissed off with somebody clearly yes but it's a great way to open the album. And I really like the start, the kind of that little instrumental. It's a bit like a digital fanfare right at the beginning before it goes into the song. Um, and it just, you just know you're getting something angsty with this collection. And I do like the phrase digital fanfare. That just came to me on the spot. That happened. Some, I mean, that'll, that's, that's the only time that'll happen for the whole album. But it's quite good, that, wasn't it? And uh, we've got first roll call for uh, writers, producers, Charlie herself. Justin Raisin and Jeremiah Raisin. Mm, a couple of raisins. Uh, yeah, and Justin has written for the likes of Santa Gold and Lizzo, who, of course, we celebrated her album earlier this year, Cause I Love You. Oh, thanks, Dan. That's the name of Lizzo's album. Oh, I think this is a great lead single as well. Or not lead single. I think this is a great first track onto an album as well, uh, because you really get where she's going to be coming from with this album. And I like as well how bite-sized it is. This is around the two minutes 50 mark. And a lot of these tracks actually are real kind of bite-sized mini explosions, mini, um, what are those little things that kids throw on the floor and then they make a bang? Bangers. Bangers, yeah. Well, I was hoping for a different word, but maybe that is what they're called. Also, bite-sized mini explosions. What a great name for a new cereal. Oh, I was thinking one of those tubs of treats you get from M&S with the... uh, you can get flapjack and mini rolls and uh, Rocky Road. You'd have sort of popping candy in the middle, maybe. Oh, 
I love that dairy milk with the jelly beans. Lovely feeling of it going off in your mouth. Oh, heaven. Only one for me, though. That's quite enough uh, per month. Track two now, and this is something we absolutely do not do. Break the rules. So break the rules there. This one for me, Will, had a real feel of, and I'm sure Charlie would appreciate the likeness, uh, School's Out by Daphne and Celeste. Oh, do you know what? I think, you know, Daphne and Celeste, the the stuff they recorded most recently, you could kind of be in the same ballpark as some of Charlie's music. Uh, I think this, it's really hard to pigeonhole the stylist because you've got uh, got some great, there's a great bass when it starts, there's some great guitars all the way through. Some great, a great kind of um, almost uh, in indie Britpop uh, beat going through it, but then you've also got this kind of huge, dramatic, ravey style lead into the chorus as well, which is absolutely glorious. My that's my favourite bit. Yeah, I almost feel like with that bit as well, it, it kind of leads to it, and because of how rocky and angsty part of the song is, you almost feel like it's building up to a guitar solo, and then praise be, it's actually a bit of a synth solo, which is perfect for us and going to the discotheque getting high and getting wrecked we all love a bit of that still don't we well well so long as we're home by midnight yeah one of my horlicks and my blanket on by midnight or just get high and get wrecked at home oh we could do that now lovely hmm, i've got a few bits and pieces in the drawer your paraphernalia yes uh we don't condone condone binge drinking or drug taking but no. uh free choice yeah so behind the scenes on this song, we have Stargate, who we spoke about very recently on the Kylie Aphrodite episode, of course. We've also got some new names to the podcast. So Robopop, uh, who has worked with Little Mix, Britney uh, and Cher Lloyd. I actually did the Cher Lloyd Becky G song, which, of course, just makes me think of... Uh, Cher Lloyd by Cher Lloyd. Disgusting! <laughs> and uh, also Cashmere Cat, who has worked with the likes of Kanye, but also... Uh, recorded and released a debut album featuring artists including Mo and the aforementioned Camilla Cabello. Dan, what's your favourite animal and fabric combination? I would have to say to you, Will, uh, a leather dog, because it reminds me of uh, that mask I've got in the bedroom. Uh, oh, yeah, it's very distinctive, that mask. Well, I say leather, it's pleather, really. It's wiped clean. It does look quite dog-eared, if you pardon the pun. Well... When uh, COVID first started, we had to wear a mask out. I, my, I was waiting for mine to get delivered from uh, my um, official COVID one, so I did have to wear that twelve in one day. Uh, a few funny looks. And if you're interested, Dan, I like a silk sheep. <laughs> and silk sheets. Yes. Can't beat clean sheets, night. But yeah, this song, it's great. It's another... I've always said that the second track on an album for me is almost the most important because you get past the opener and then are you going to keep that mood that momentum you can keep the listener hooked and i think with this 100 you do track number three now and dan this is a song she wrote about you actually <laughs> london queen living 
Hurley Queen. Uh, London Queen. Uh, London Queen, sorry. Um, this one for me, I'm not going to liken every song to a song that came before, but I'm sure, you know, Charlie's taken influence from various places. As soon as it started with this one, I thought of Getting Enough by the late Lil Chris, which I really did like that song. Oh, yeah, you've, I'd completely forgotten about that song yeah. up until uh, recently. Just now. And if we're lucky... In memory of him, yeah, uh, and in, and related to this song, let's have a little bit of it. does uh it does potentially feel like that kind of girl pop um power pop uh of girls aloud uh just kind of rem- does really remind me of this song and in particular they did do a song called um swinging london town which is kind of a, in the same sort of spirit of this but also uh, do you remember a b-side of theirs uh hoxton heroes no, as we have mentioned many times, you're the girls' out expert here, uh, and there's various tracks of theirs that I haven't yet got around to listen to. Uh, I've definitely heard of it because I love that title, Hoxton Heroes. But never, never heard of it. Can we do? Sorry, another, never can, heard it. Can we do another? If we're lucky, because I do want to make the comparison for people that haven't heard the song. How So they obviously talk about two different subject matters. The Girls Aloud track is all about try-hard wannabe musicians who uh, rely on nepotism uh, to get ahead. And Charlie's is her story about moving and flying to LA uh, to to make it big, to work as well. But I think they've both got the same spirit about them and some very similar musical flourishes as well. So worth a call out there. Also, if you like a good outro, Hoxton Heroes has got a great outro. Good. That will be my homework for this week. Um, and yeah, I did put on my own notes. There's hints of girls allowed to this one. So I'm glad we're on the same page. And I'm sure Charlie would love the comparison. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Um, on the writing duties of this one alongside Charlie, we have Ariel Pink and Remy Nicole, both artists in their own right. So you can do your own homework for that one and go and listen to some of their own stuff. Track four now. This is oh, breaking off. <laughs> So I'll tell you what, Dan, these songs aren't hanging around, are they? They uh, go from the very start uh, and then you're in and out inside about three minutes. Definitely. And I think they all, um, they've all all got a certain sound to them as well. That If you came to this album having just heard Boom Clap, then you might be in for a bit of a shock with these first run of songs. 
Uh, things might change a little bit later, but yeah, definitely uh, straight in with a bit of power, uh, quite bite-sized lengthwise, we said earlier, um, and but lots of angst, lots of energy. Um, and again, a few different elements that are wonderful in this. First of all, it's got a very glam rock sound in, in all. The chorus is insanely catchy and you want to belt it out and punch the air with it there's also brilliant middle eight wafting um over it as well wafting i like that like a heavy fart (laughs) after a big curry oh god behind the scenes of this one we have nuni bao who has appeared as a featured artist on clean bandits rihanna uh, and also avicii's uh fades away and uh, Nuni co-wrote Now I Don't Hate California at all from Carter Jepsen's dedicated side B. Um, and we've also got Marcus Krungard, a new name to the podcast. He's a Swedish singer-songwriter um, who has had seven albums uh, released and recorded in his native tongue uh, with lots of number ones and number twos. Good for him. And also on the produce on this album, you've, alongside uh, Patrick Berger, you've got John Hill, who has done so much for so many, for the many but not the few. Oh, um, for the likes of Christina Aguilera, Florence and the Machine, uh, Licky Lee, oh, uh, M.I.A., Santi Gold, Shakira, Shakira. Lovely to talk about Licky Lee. We haven't mentioned her name for a while. It's normally you that brings her up. Mm. Uh, and I do still really want to talk about one of her albums one day. I'm sure we'll make it happen. Track number five now, and this is Gold Coins. Chocolate gold coins there. Oh, you know I love Christmas. Don't don't talk about it already. I just, I don't know why, Dan. I have this blindness, this word blindness. Whenever I see gold coins, I assume it's their chocolate. Hmm, strange. But on this, I think because of the sound effects, and I think they've been using our sound effect machine on this one, <laughs> lots of actual coins being dropped. It sounds, it sounds like Scrooge McDuck's back pocket. Uh, lots of coinage, yes. This is the first track I think I could s- st- soundly say it sounds like an album track. Which isn't a bad thing. Not a bad thing. We always say that. Um, but yeah, I would agree. It definitely feels like it's kind of uh, taking a step back, maybe. If that's, uh, again, not a bad thing. But it is in keeping with the production and the sound of the album. So really heavy guitars, lots of great uh, electronic synthesized noise and effects layered into it as well. It's just taken a little bit, after four bangers, it's just taken a little bit of a step down in pace as well Mm. which perhaps is needed for what's coming next but more about that in a second um but likewise i love how guitar heavy it is this one for me sounds like kind of like an american radio driving song i think i think and i think it's the the guitars that do that i think they're quite quite 90s quite grungy almost but again it's the it's the effects that really make it charlie i thought you were going to say a bit manchester i've I've, uh, taken a vow not to say that for the next Two episodes, actually. Oh, you're on a two-episode ban. Yes. I can't say that, and I can't say house music influenced. (laughs) Thankfully, it's more ravey than housey this week. Yes, thank God. On songwriting juice on this one, I should say, actually, um, 
whenever I'm talking about songwriters in this, I'm not always talking about all the songwriters because a lot of these have got lots of names in there. So sometimes I'm just highlighting a few and hoping to tick everyone off the list as we go on. But on this one, we've got Patrick Berger, who uh, co-wrote Robin's Dancing on My Own, which, of course, uh, an absolute Legendary banger. track. Fantastic. Yeah. And that awful cover of it, which we won't talk about. Um, also, Icona Pops, I love it. Also, this track, uh, and all the tracks, we haven't mentioned it, lots of co-writers and producers, but every track is co-written by Charlie herself on this album. Yeah, as such a prolific songwriter, you'd imagine, I'm sure if a song came along that, that she hadn't had a hand in that was really good, she would do it, but the fact that she songwrites with so many other people, you'd imagine that she likes to have her, her stamp on her music. Track number six now, this is a big one. Boob Clap. Boom clap there, which makes me think, actually, Will, have you sorted out your boom clap? Uh, yes, I finally got in at the walk-in centre. Oh, thank God. Now, this track is probably one of her best-known songs, and it was a big hit in the UK, actually. It got to number eight in the charts. I remember this being everywhere, and to be honest with you, I didn't know where it got to in the charts. I would have guessed higher, because it just felt like one of those songs that was all over TV, all over the radio, even for someone like me who doesn't really listen to the radio, or... Or music. Or listen to music in general very much. Uh, it, yeah, it, I know this song very well without actively putting it on a lot. Not because I don't like it. This is probably as slow as it gets on this album today. So you could almost call this a Charlie Bang, a Charlie Ballad. Mm, which is strange because it isn't a ballad at all, but it definitely is the, uh, the ballad of the album. And apparently this was offered to Hilary Duff. And she turned it down? Yeah. Oh, Apparently. But then, apparently, she didn't know that uh, it was offered to her. And had she known it was Charlie, she'd have taken it. So, apparently, beggars can be choosers. Not a, not a Duff fan? Um, I couldn't name a, a, a song. of. Did she do... Um, she wasn't Hannah Montana, was she? She did one of those things. Miley Cyrus, Dan. Oh, Lizzie McGuire. She was Lizzie McGuire. Yes. Were they basically the same premise? I don't know. Or if we're talking about children's TV series where the actors are also in a band, North and South. Ah, oh, and if we're lucky, no, no, really, no, not today. Uh, one uh, day, we'll have to do the whole album one day. Uh, no, actually, let's have a bit because I don't think we're ever going to talk about them. So here's a little bit of a North and South. Well, I didn't expect to be hearing any North or, North or South or North and South today, but I'm very pleased that we have done. Again, I'm sure somehow, somewhere along the way, they have influenced Charlie. Uh, <laughs> there might be, if you, got, if you trace it back far enough, a vague connection there somewhere. Uh, but no, Boom Clap, um, such, a, such a big, big track for her. And this was written by Patrick and Frederick Berger and Stefan Grasslund, as well as Charlie herself. So we mentioned Patrick Berger before. We've also got Frederick Berger here. So he's written for 
Eric Hassel. Am I right in thinking you played a bit of Eric Hassel mm. one before on the podcast? I seem to remember that name cropping up. Yes. Um, I like the fact we've got two burgers here. Could you call this a Big Mac? If there's two patties, yes. Um, <laughs> the, the, the word patty makes me laugh. I don't know why. Perhaps it's just how you say it. Um, and this was written for the film The Fault in Our Stars. Have you seen that film, Will? No. Any good? I, I don't think I've seen it. Perhaps we could uh, have a little sleepover. Movie night. Sleepover yeah. club. Pajamas, popcorn, face masks. Talking about boys. Talking about boys. Oh. Hot chocolate. Mm. Chocolate coins. Chocolate coins. Time to move on. <laughs> <laughs> so, track number seven now, featuring Rita Ora. This is Doing It. Doing it featuring Rita Ora. Correct me if I'm wrong, Will. I don't think we've ever mentioned Rita Ora on the podcast before. No, we haven't. And we may, we might do. Later. Not today. No, we'll have a chat about that because Mm. I'm not sold. Uh, But this was the version featuring Rita Ora was an alternative version, which was released as the third single from the album. Ah. Got to number eight. So again, did very well. Now this song, Will, I have a feeling that this might be one of your favourites on the album. I might be wrong. But for me, there's a very specific sound on this or sort of surrounding this song that makes me think it's quite Carly Rae Jepsen-esque. Oh, in what way? Just the, that kind of um, the, the kind of polished production, the quite sophisticated pop, little hints of maybe 80s in there, but not not overly in your face. Uh, I could quite imagine Carly doing this song. I actually meant to say earlier, Dan, that London Queen, closely followed by Break the Rules, were my favourite tracks on the album. Oh. Should have mentioned it at the time. Yeah, now I feel like it's all going to be downhill. No, 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 there's still some great stuff, but they are the standouts for me. So behind the scenes on this song, we have Ariel and Nooney, who we mentioned before. We've also got Mr. Rogers. Now, Mr. Rogers was my science teacher at school. I don't... Do you think it was? Do you... Well, I don't know. I've not seen him or spoke to him for years. Lovely guy, though, and always used to put Winnie the Pooh on for us when it was the last day of term. Despite the fact we were in secondary school and should have been really studying for our GCSEs. That was upper, when you were in upper six, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, he has worked with, not the science teacher, the, the Miss Rogers on this, you understand. Uh, he's worked with the Saturdays, Iconopop, and remixed for Mark Ronson on Valerie, and also Groove Armada's song for Muttia, which is a banger, isn't it? Muttia. I hope she's okay, is all I'm going to say. I, I think, yeah, likewise. Uh, also on this one, Burns. Uh, who is a solo artist uh, in his own right, but also has worked with the likes of Britney, Gaga and Grande, the Holy Trinity. Track number eight now, and this is Body of My Own. my own there and uh this one i'm really 
drawn to because it reminds me a little bit of LaRue. Really? Yeah. See, it's one of those where now you said that I can hear it, but I wouldn't have said that beforehand. But with some, again, some thrashing guitars and some great drum beats going through it, which kind of lift it above, above just your kind of standard album, synth pop album track. And are you thinking Trouble in Paradise era, LaRue, or, or the debut? I hadn't pinned it down to a time period, actually. Oh. Well, perhaps you could think about that for, uh, for later on. I was saying when this song was uh, playing that, obviously, we said before we write notes about the songs. For this one, I just wrote synth pop. That must have been just the overriding sound that drew me to this one, because I do really like the sound of it. But yeah, body of my own. Body of your own. All okay? Yeah, all good. Yeah. No problems at the moment, actually. Check up. I'm, uh, the gyms are back open now, so I'm, I'm back there. Although I have to say, though, with... Um... Oh, how's it going, actually, before I say my thing? Well, um... Obviously, you have to book a space now, don't you, at the gym? I have to book two. So I uh, did let myself go a little bit. Anyway, uh, track number nine now, and this is Famous. there and that sounds it's probably one of the most polished pop records on this album uh and if you're wondering why dan it's probably got something to do with the fact that greg kirsten's got a hand in it definitely greg of course we've talked about him so many times haven't we on the podcast he's done so much work with so many of our favorites and i don't even need to name names but i will do uh, the likes of sia and adele and pink and the list just goes on and when i heard this song the first thought i had because of the the guitar that really stands out in this song, I did think that really sounds like Beck uh, and particularly the song Dreams from his Colors album. So I did a bit of research, as you know, I like to do. And Greg Kirsten actually worked on that song with Beck. So if we're lucky, wouldn't mind hearing a little bit of that now. Absolutely. And um, it's made me want to go and rediscover more from that album from Beck, actually, because I haven't I haven't listened to it. I think we can officially say that's going on the long list because of this episode. And Beck is this week's track by track. What? Oh, no, that's the wrong one. We did that on the new we music. We do rock. that on the weekend. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. No, it's fine. Also, I've done it again. Picking an old artist. Yes. Not in age. Not in age. Before you write in. Uh, so famous. They're talking about being famous. Well, do you want to be famous? Did you ever want to be famous? I think we all did in some way, didn't we? Yeah. I'd still like to be. Still like to be on the radio. I think we've made no bones about that in the we previous weeks. Have quite we? desperate now. No, I just think we've got... Please. Please. <laughs> Track number 10 now. This is me outside the chip shop on a Friday evening. <laughs> hanging around <laughs> before you get in
So that was Hanging Around, uh, and that was a great kind of mid-album trembler. A trembler? That's a new <laughs> word uh, for the podcast. No, oh, that's for the next, this year's book. Of, yes. Of... A mid-album knee trembler. Oh, um, and it's uh, and we were doing the kind of hand clap, raise your hands in the air move, like we will rock you through that track, weren't we? Yeah, it's a very specific beat, isn't it? That you hear. Uh, I don't think I know if it's the official one, but it very much is like it, and you hear it in You and I as well, and so many other songs have. Um, it's not called pollinated, isn't it? But they've done something where it's almost uh, hinting at that song, but not quite using it. But this one was written or co-written with Rivers Cuomo, 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 uh, from Weezer. And I think you can hear that, that kind of certainly it's leaning more towards a rockier sound than a poppier sound. And it's not my favourite track on the album, um, but I love how it is in keeping with the sound and the style of the album so far. It's definitely not my least favourite track on the album. I just don't feel like it goes as far as some of the other tracks on there in terms of uh, lyrically. I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't know why I think I was waiting for a sound effect. (laughs) (laughs) It's been so long since we recorded together. Lyrically... I feel it's like a bit of half-assed effort after that. Lyrically. Um, um, but also uh, tonally. Tonally? <laughs> totally. Uh, but let's move on. Track 11, So Over You. So over you there, and worth pointing out, because I got myself in a right pickle there, that one isn't on the North America or Australian versions of the album. That's exclusive to um, other places around the world. Uh, but it is on the version that we are talking about today, which is the common or garden one you will find on streaming set. Common? What do you call, what do you call a Not common? Not common. Don't know. Don't go off on one. I do like to throw you under the bus. <laughs> Figuratively and literally... So this song, there's a real empowerment to this song. I think we've all been in that position where we've wanted to go around somewhere, knock on the door and scream at somebody, I'm so over you. Absolutely, yeah. And you said it to me, well, just when you got in today, actually, didn't you? Well, it's nice to get how you're feeling out of the way (laughs) before you uh, get to work. But just like uh, many famous duos, Simon and Garfunkel and, and the like. Uh, Richard and Judy. We put on a professional face. Anton Deck. Yeah, oh God, they hate each other. They absolutely do. Uh, so on Songwriting Judy's on this one, we've got Naughty Boy, who again, a name we've mentioned many times before on the podcast. Uh, and what, what a talent, what a talented man he is. I do love the fact that he, um, he got the money together to set up his own studio from being on Deal or No Deal. Really? Hmm. And now I'm thinking, is that true or is someone lying to me? Because it sounds untrue. But I think it's true. Oh, Let's... Noel would be so proud. Oh, he would, yeah. Like a proud grandfather. Hmm. Not proud like he was after his uh, disappointing time in the jungle. Okay, this is track number 12 now. And this is Die Tonight. <laughs> Oh, 
a great time to talk about the fantastic artwork on this album. And it is fantastic. I, yeah, it's an iconic image of Charlie. Uh, she has, she's against the pink background. She's got a leopard skin uh, sort of vest top on. Uh, and she's got a giant choker, which is a red heart, which has sucker on it. She's got bright red lipstick. Uh, and it's taken in that kind of exposed way some photos are that really highlights the subject. I'm going uh, to disagree with you here, Will, and I might be wrong. I think that she's holding a lollipop saying sucker. Are we looking at the same artwork? Yeah. Oh, actually. I think she's got a black kind of a little shoelace style necklace thing on there. And she's actually holding, I think she's been to Scarborough or somewhere and actually got a sucker lolly from, from the fair. And that would make more sense, actually. Yeah. But, Based uh, on, the tr- on the track, on the name of the track. Yes. Having said that, I'm sure she'd be quite happy with a, an, with a choker with this on. Uh, and the font font watch is says Charlie XCX and it's kind of it's not Comic Sans but it's not far off. Yeah, it's a little bit Microsoft Word, isn't it? And it's slightly distorted. It gives it a little bit of a fuzz as well. Mm. Uh, I do think her makeup is on point, though. Great brows, great lips. Oh yeah, because you used to work on the benefit counter, didn't you, in your local boots back when you were at school? Uh, yeah, high school. Well, it just started as a Christmas temp and uh, kept me on. Some job. of the makeovers, you, you showed me some of the pictures, some of the makeovers you used to do were absolutely uh, incredible. Thank you. That's, uh, and if you want one tonight, during the sleepover. Oh, great. Have you got all your kit? Oh, yeah. All my... All my uh... Paraphernalia. <laughs> oh, what kind of makeover do you want? Do you want the full colonic? Or... Oh, do you do treatments as well? Oh, yes. Yes. I suppose you're back in action a bit more now after after lockdown. Yeah, it was very difficult. I did try to do a socially distanced colonic irrigation, but uh, the pipe split halfway through. And oh god, it, it was like <laughs> god, it was awful. <laughs> it's like Glastonbury on Sunday <laughs> afternoon. <laughs> Let's go back and talk about the song in, in some lovely musical detail, shall we? Yeah, Stan. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of this song. Um, it's a shame because there's some really good names behind this one. So we have got uh, Rostam. Uh, of Vampire Weekend fame, who we spoke about recently on the Carly Rae episode. Uh, we've also got Andrew Wyatt, who the lead singer of Mike Snow, and also did that fantastic vocal in uh, Mark Ronson's Somebody to Love Me with Boy George, which is just a phenomenal song that we've spoken about before as well. Uh, and finally, sorry, uh, Pontus Wimberg, part of Bloodshy and Avant, who have worked with the likes of Britney, Jamelia, J-Lo and Kellys. And to everyone who keeps asking us, when are we doing a Britney episode? Hold on to your knickers because it is coming very soon. Stop writing in. Stop faxing us. It's yes. soon. It's very soon, in fact. I've, uh, I've run out of ink, actually, on my machine. Uh, it's making some dreadful noises, but nothing's coming out. Okay, track number 13 now, and this is a cover of the A1 song. Uh, no, it's a cover of the Sugar Babes song. Of course, in the middle. Of course, it wasn't a cover of any song. It was an original composition co-written by Charlie uh, and uh, other people as well. Um, And by other people, uh, who are they, Dan? Well, they're Benny Blanco, again, spoken about many times on the podcast, and also Young and Sick, 
who uh, classed as a double threat because Johan Sick is a musician and also creates artwork for bands which include Foster the People and Maroon 5. Uh, one of whom I like. Uh, Maroon 5. <laughs> uh, this is... I'm worried the album's going to peter out as we get into the next last track next. Because oh, no. it's gone a little bit from an absolutely banging start. It's just gone a little bit... Sort of, it's plodding a little bit. But that said, the chorus to this track is very catchy. There's a lovely bass running through it as well. Yeah, really nice bass on this one. And that guitar again, it's almost... I can hear hints of that Greg Kirsten Beck thing uh, happening. So that was clearly... Um, a sound that was happening in Charlie's head at the time. But yeah, shall we move on to that final song on the album? Uh, this is the last track on the album proper. Uh, don't forget, further listening still to come, so don't turn your radio off yet or podcast listening device. Not on the radio yet, lovely. <laughs> this is track 14, Need Your Love. I Need Your Love. And what a bouncy, jointy little number. Uh, a little bit of a recovery from the last track, so the album hasn't completely petered out. No, definitely agree with you there. What a fun song. It's what a fun song. I really like that one. Like you said, jaunty, bouncy. We said it was sixes influenced. Almost because of the piano in there. It's really playful. It's um, It reminds me of two things. One, sort of nursery rhyme-esque kind of thing going on. I don't know quite how. But also um, something like Lily Allen's The Fear. It is a bit Lily-esque, mm. uh, but also she goes extremely high in the chorus as well, which is really cool. Yeah. Uh, once again, we've got Rustam from uh, of Vampire Weekend fame and Andrew Wyatt back on this one. So that's the end of the album proper. Uh, we're going to do some further listening though, Dan, and I've set the parameters for this mm. week's further listening. Quite a hefty document you sent me. Yes, uh, we've got to be thorough. Uh, you've got to rule out any kind of grey areas. So for further listening today, it's your favourite Charlie collaboration featuring another artist or where she is the featured artist. And Dan, I'd love for you to kick us off. And if you could raise the roof and lighten the mood, that'd be fantastic. Uh, Will, I think I've got just a song to do that. So this one, we mentioned the band, the main band on this track earlier. This is Iconopop featuring Charlie XCX with I Love It. I love it. quite believe it is from 2012 the big year is it really that old that song now yeah and iconopop of course are um a swedish electro pop duo um made up of caroline caroline sorry caroline and a Aino. uh this was huge this song when it came out wasn't it yeah it's just it's again it's kind of it's poppy it's funky it's guitar heavy as well and it's just full of angst and energy uh, yeah, it's a wonderful song. And also worth pointing out that Charlie co-wrote this one as well. 
number one in the UK, number seven in the States, and top 10 uh, and top 20 in some cases across most of Europe and the world. This was huge. I kind of pop went on to have loads of other great uh, tracks released. Uh, and their first album in particular, the original version, is absolutely stunning. Um, but they've never recaptured the original success they had with this track. Yet. Yet. Could all happen. Yeah. Very optimistic. Thank you. <laughs> Will, what further listening do you have? So I have gone for um, another older track. Uh, this is Fancy, uh, which is Iggy Azalea featuring Charlie Hanks. You should taste that. I'm so fancy. You already know I'm in the best lane. From LA to Tokyo. So fancy there, and the, what I really love about that track is it's got a really different. Obviously, it's not one of Charlie's tracks. Uh, it does feel very different. Uh, it is crossing the line between kind of pop, R and B, dance, um, and it's got a brilliant bass line. It's that bum bum bum, bum 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 bum. I love the video. It's got that kind of the clueless high school feel to it. Do you remember it? Yes, I did. I didn't until you just said clueless, and it's all brought it all flooding back. Um, but I really enjoy that because it's something different. Again, she's got a very distinctive vocal as well. So when she's a featured artist on someone else's track, she's a great addition because she really brings herself into it. Definitely. And this song, again, Charlie co-wrote it um, with The Invisible Men, who we've spoken about quite a few times oh. lately. Uh, is also produced by them with The Arcade. And we've definitely done a song before where it's the two of them producing. Uh, also, this was another huge hit, wasn't it? It was a massive hit uh, in the UK, in America, and all over Europe as well. Um, but I think it was a great collaboration, great collab. Yeah. Oh, collab. Mm. Just saving time there. Yeah, we are running out of time. In fact, we're out of it. Yes. And we're out of time. <laughs> uh, so great to talk about Charlie for the first time on the podcast today. Uh, and if you've liked uh, what we've been listening to uh, and talking about, do check out the rest of Charlie's back catalogue. She released a new album earlier on this year called How I'm Feeling Now. It's definitely worth a listen. It's very different to what we've talked about today, but shows the evolution or evolution. As you're flying. <laughs> as an artist. And if you enjoyed today's episode, do give us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. Yeah, so get in touch at Track by Track UK as well. And don't forget that every Saturday now we have Track by Track's new music drop where we're celebrating the best of the new releases. And Dan, can you give us a hint of a tease as to what's coming up next? Well, next week, Will, is a really, 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 really big special episode. So it is our 100th episode proper, I should say, because there have been lots of special editions and whatnot. But as a track by track through an album, it's episode 100. And when it's a special occasion, we always turn to a certain British electro pop uh, pioneering synth wave duo. So this will be the 100th album that we've talked about. Yeah. And we've, it's going to be a bit of a party and we've got a few special guests joining us as well. Are the Petro Boys coming. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You've said too much. There's, uh, 
there's a pet shop down the road and I've got a couple of their uh, workers coming there. It's a couple of the Saturday lads coming yeah. in. Strapping lads as well, actually. Well, they need to be. Um, Carrying all that seed around <laughs> for the birds. Written their own. Uh, anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> Completely threw me there, Dan. So until next time for our 100th episode, I've been Andrew Wyatt. And I have been Caroline Helt. Goodbye. I've got a little surprise for you later, actually, for the sleepover, but... uh... (laughs) You've had a pole put into your box room. (laughs) Well, pole put into my box.